It is February 24th, 2023, and welcome to episode 186 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm your host for the day, Jamil Jaffer, and I'm joined as always by my friend and former boss, Les Munson, the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and NSI's real boss, but not a TV superhero, Jessica Jones. So what's the story for today? Well, on Tuesday, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced that Moscow would, quote, suspend its participation in the New START Treaty, a nuclear nonproliferation agreement entered into in 2011 that puts limits on the number of intercontinental ballistic missiles and nuclear warheads deployed by both nations. Now, the United States and Russia are by far the two largest nuclear weapon states in the world, combining to hold about 90% of the world's nuclear weapons. The New START Treaty is the only current active bilateral arms control treaty between the United States and Russia, and it's currently scheduled to run through February 2026 because it was extended just a couple of years ago at the beginning of the Biden administration. Now, while the U.S. and Russia have committed to create a new agreement to achieve even deeper cuts just last year, in January of this year, the State Department accused Russia of violating the terms of the New START agreement because they failed to restart inspections or failed to allow the U.S. to restart its inspections of Russian nuclear warheads that have been put on pause by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, look, this isn't the first time we've had uh, problems with treaties. Uh, the United States withdrew from the anti-ballistic missile treaty back in 2001, citing terrorism and the need to build ballistic missile defenses. In 2007, Vladimir Putin w- uh, announced that Russia would suspend its compliance with the Treaty on Conventional Force, Conventional armed forces in Europe. Russia ultimately withdrew from that treaty in 2015. The U.S. withdrew from the INF, another nuclear treaty, the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty, back in 2019 under the Trump administration because Russia had been violating it for years. So the big question for us today is, does any of this matter? Russia has has said that it's suspending its participation in the sense that it won't allow the U.S. to conduct inspections. But it hasn't been allowing inspections to, to be conducted for a couple of years because of covid and it says, at least its foreign ministry and its defense, a senior defense official said, that it's going to maintain the limits that are in the treaty. And so it doesn't seem like there's going to be any proliferation. So who really cares if the Russians suspend their compliance? Jess, what do you think? So I say this as someone who did not live through the Cold War nuclear arms race and ban the bomb marches and, and kind of all of that fear. So to me, the suspend, Russia's suspension of New START, I don't care that much. It doesn't trigger some fear of a new apocalypse or a new arms race, right? Like, Nuclear deterrence through mutually assured destruction needs only have to occur once, right? We don't need, it doesn't happen, the world doesn't end multiple times. And it seems that experts have told us the amount of nuclear warheads we have now is sufficient to be a deterrent against both the um, the nuclear arsenal, both Russia and China, which, by the way, isn't in the new start and is a growing nuclear power. So to me, like, I, I don't see what the big deal is. Les? I will jump in. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure this is a big deal, but I do think uh, what what Putin is trying to do here is a little bit revealing about the way he thinks of the United States and his, and his broader competition with the West. I think the whole effort here uh, that he is engaged in really has very little to do with nuclear weapons or arms control per se, and has everything to do with trying to insinuate himself into the various national uh, strategy debates that we have in Washington and in our country. He is trying to uh, get to a certain segment of that debate. It's the folks who believe very strongly in arms control and international agreements, even in the face of Russia not really complying with these international agreements. There's a certain number of folks who think that international agreements in and of themselves are of value and will change behavior and be a force for good in the world. He is trying to make those folks a little more worried about what the Biden administration is doing and the U.S. is doing in Ukraine 
in defying his invasion. And he's trying to create a little trouble for Joe Biden. He's trying to undermine his support. We're a free and open society. We debate things out in the open. He's trying to he's trying to get in there and get into these fault lines, if you will, in the various disagreements we have in our strategic thinking and get people a little worked up. And and it's it's an interest I think it's just interesting that he thinks he can get away with that while uh, the, the Biden policy, frankly, is seen as very effective by folks, certainly on his side of the aisle and a lot of folks on the Republican side of the aisle. I mean, less, even if that's true, who cares? There's like there's like 20 arms control nerds who are really into the New START Treaty and really excited about it and who would be really upset if Russia drops out. And yes, yeah, some of them might even be in the Biden administration and some of them might even be influential in policy. But does it really matter? I mean, Russia's still in Ukraine. We've committed to that fight. We're not pulling out of that fight just because... Russia does some nonsense, and by the way, not even important nonsense on this treaty. They're not they're not building more nuclear warheads. So who cares? Like it's just it's so dumb. Like I don't. I, if if this is Vladimir Putin's brilliant idea, it's a pretty terrible idea. So I, I just don't I just don't think your answer can be right. I actually think you know that there may be a broader answer here. I don't, I'm not sure I, I, I buy it, but you know, I mean, Jess, you had a theory about this. I think about what you think the broader answer is, right? Yeah. So let's. I, I think it's interesting you take it to you know inside the administration. I would think that it would it would stir up a little more dissent and fear on the part of some sectors of the American public, right? Like those folks who were banned the bomb, who are afraid of nuclear escalation in a World War III, who already have problems perhaps with the, you know the U.S. sending money and materials in support of Ukraine. Like I, I see them him stoking some more dissent there. And one of the you know one of the things I think about with pulling out of New Star or suspending their participation is, you know, the U.S.'s previous principle of parity, right? So if by chance Russia starts to increase their nuclear, you know, um, warheads, does the U.S., even though we know we don't need to, it actually doesn't more effective deterrent, we we likewise have to raise it or, you know, increase our and put our resources and time in, in that. Les is disagreeing with me. No, actually, I am, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Jones. Oh. I think it's actually, it's a really good point. But I do think it's it's also related to my point, which is, this is Putin trying to play in our political sandbox, right? He's trying to say stuff that's going to get certain segments uh, activated and worried and concerned and uh, trying to make moves to protect their interests and the things that they think are valuable. I'm not saying they're wrong, although I do just largely disagree with these folks. Uh, but this, the interesting part here is that Vladimir Putin is, is interested enough in our internal politics that he thinks – he can make a play here and sow a little dissent and undermine our broader support for the Ukrainians. It's inter it's to me, it's I interesting wonder why he's, he thinks he's that. spending time doing that, that he thinks it's relevant because, and this kind of goes to something we were talking about in one of our shows last week, at the end of the day, the thing that is most dangerous for Vladimir Putin in Ukraine is if there is broad support for in the U.S., for the Ukrainians fighting back against Ukraine. And he's doing anything he can, even some things that may not be super effective like this one, to undermine that support. At the end of the day, the the it's important that Republicans and Democrats support the effort in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin knows that. He's trying to undermine it. He's trying to play games inside our politics. So from the reports I read on these statements, the speech he made it, and it was mainly for domestic audience, right? It was to shore up his domestic support. So it was more geared towards his own population and getting them amped and, you know, showing the power of the Russian, you know, the Russian state and empire rather than for U.S. audiences and policymakers. Yeah, but, 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 but less, uh, Jess, you're right about that. You're right about that. It was, it was the Fatherland yeah. Day speech. Um, but look, but he knew it would get covered internationally, right? So, like, I mean, he knew it was going to have an impact out here. And this is the first time that, that Vladimir Putin has made a domestic speech 
where he talks about, you know, social values and, you know, what's happening in the West and like, you know, the, the decay of morality, right? I mean, a lot of Republicans, you know, making Ronald Reagan spin in his grave have sort of adopted this, oh, Russia's, Russia, Russia, Vladimir Putin supports my morality, which is crazy town and wrong. And yet a lot of, a lot of conservatives believe that. Um, so I think, look, I don't buy, I don't disagree that he might be trying to play in American politics. I just don't think it matters. I think, I think most young people are like, yes, they just don't care at all. I mean, you're, I think you're speaking for the young people, you know, the people who don't, who didn't grow up in, during the Cold War, right? Um, I don't think they care about this issue less. And I think these, 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 you know, these swamp monsters like you and maybe me left, right? Um, you know, they, they care, but I don't think they matter. These swamp monsters are, you know, just that. And so we'll see. But, uh, folks, that's a wrap. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Brooke Agacon and Claude Jennings for helping us with our podcast today. Uh, tune in next Monday for the next episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the issues shaking up America's national security. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And follow at Mason Natsek on Twitter so more people can get in the Fault Lines crew and the NSI mix.